Hey there, and welcome to Skin Earth Vitality, where ancient wisdom meets modern vitality. I'm Emily Davis, a holistic esthetician and herbalist, and your guide on this journey. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. I want to start out by inviting you to take a deep breath and integrate yourself into this container. Releasing any stagnant energy. And just placing yourself right here, right now. I thought it would be fun to start my episodes by sharing what tea I'm drinking because I always have a cup of tea. And today I felt it was appropriate to blend a cup of Linden, Damiana, little bit of rose petals, rose hips, and hawthorn. Today we're talking about heart opening plants for when you feel bitter or numb or when you have grief or when you're feeling apathetic, just something to give you some of those cozy, open-hearted vibes, the warm fuzzies. I want to start today by reminding you that I'm not a doctor. I'm an esthetician, an herbalist, and a wellness enthusiast. Nothing that I discuss today or ever is meant to be taken as medical advice. It's information that I'm really excited to share with you to spark your curiosity and give you something to explore on your wellness journey. It's important that you look into anything that you consume to be aware of the contraindications. Today, I'll be talking about heart-supportive and circulatory and vascular-supportive herbs, and sometimes these can be contraindicated, especially with heart medications or blood-thinning medications. So it's important that you always look this up to be sure that it's right for your body. Just because a plant is a plant doesn't mean that it's benign and it doesn't mean that it's the right thing for everyone's body or for every situation. I never want to contribute to health anxiety. Rather, I want to remind you that you have innate power. It's already within you. It's your right and responsibility to discern what's appropriate for your individual health needs, and to consult with your inner knowing so that you can take what resonates and leave the rest. As we approach Valentine's Day, I thought it would be appropriate to cover this topic. It's also the heavenly birthday of my soul dog who I lost the Christmas before last. And so for me, it's a time when my grief over this bears itself in a very fresh way in my heart again. And I also know that Valentine's Day can bring up some mixed feelings for a lot of people. But more than that, it's always a time to care for our physical and our energetic heart. So if you're listening to this and it's not Valentine's Day week, it's still an appropriate episode to help you on your wellness journey. 
Before I get into the herbs today, I want to briefly talk about how they can be accessible to you because I know that when herbs are discussed, it can feel a little intimidating if you're not used to um, procuring your herbs and making teas or tinctures with them. But herbalism is folk medicine, meaning it's medicine for the people, and it really should be something that everyone has access to. It's not talked about a lot in mainstream culture. There wasn't an ad for Hawthorne during the Super Bowl. Um, And I think that this is great that there aren't commercials for it because I do believe it keeps the plants sacred. But I want to break down the intellectual and physical barriers that might be holding you back from interacting with plants in a more meaningful way. So first, I want to say if you're interested in what's called medicine making, which is just a word for making teas, making tinctures, and then there's a million other ways you can interact. Those are just some common top of mind ones for me right now. Um, There's two books that I recommend. So write this down. Um, the Med- the Herbal Medicine Maker's Handbook, A Home Manual by James Green. He's hilarious. This was a required text when I was in herbalism school, and I'm so glad it was because it was really just a great book to sit down and read. He incorporates his sense of humor, and it's kind of like all the PBS in the 90s vibes, and I loved it. And then the second book is a medicine-making guide by Thomas Easley and Stephen Horn. Excuse me, The Herbal Dispensatory, a medicine-making guide by Thomas Easley and Stephen Horn. And I also love this book. It's one that I reach for often because it breaks everything down um, in a very easy and accessible way. And it's just like recipes in front of you. So I really liked that as well. So how can you procure herbs to have them on hand when you want to work with them in the ways that I'll talk about today? The first most accessible, uh, most affordable, most sustainable is to grow it yourself. And it's really fun to grow herbs. It's a really beautiful way to interact with the natural world in a way that, um, brings it closer, makes it more special. And it's also a really cool way to interact with a plant, seeing it in every stage of its life, um, knowing it deeper. So growing it yourself, the local apothecary. You may be surprised to find out that you have an apothecary in your town. I always love to check out local apothecaries when I'm traveling. So if you just Google apothecary near me and see what pops up, it may bring you into some magical little shop that you didn't know about. Next is checking out if you have local herb farms that sell directly to consumer. That's a wonderful way to interact with your community as well. So just Google herb farms in my area and see what comes up. You may be able to just go purchase herbs from them. Mountain Rose Herbs is a website, mountainroseherbs.com, and they are amazing because they procure generally from smaller herb farms. They 
vet their quality, which I appreciate. And they're obviously really easy to order. Sometimes it takes a minute for it to get to you. It's not going to be Amazon speed, which I think we should separate our desire for two-day delivery, especially when we are considering small businesses. Um, But Mountain Rose Herbs is a great company. They carry loose leaf herbs, which is generally what I purchase. But you can also get pre-made tinctures or tea blends through them as well. They also have a really wonderful website that is a wealth of knowledge. They have a podcast. They have a YouTube channel. And I just really love them. Other small herb suppliers include Pacific Botanicals. Um, Of course, this is going to be seasonal. And they are really lovely resource as well. So when I was in herb school, I went to herb school right before the pandemic started in early 2020. And one of my favorite things that we learned about was this concept called heart medicine. This wasn't referring to a stent or heart medication, but rather herbs that evoke feelings of warmth and compassion and emotional openness. They are herbs that are meant to alleviate stress and anxiety, helpful to alleviate grief, promote these feelings of love and joy and inner peace. And in yoga, heart-opening postures are ones that are physically and energetically expansive for the heart Um, They open the physical chest area where the physical heart sits and where the heart chakra is also positioned. And it's really interesting to me that often when an herb is supportive to our emotional heart, it's also supportive to our physical heart. And it didn't make sense to me at first, but the more I've learned about it, it totally makes sense that this energetic and emotional heart would overlap with our physical heart because our heart isn't just a mechanical pump. The physical, energetic, emotional, spiritual bodies, they're all one and the same. Like they all talk to each other. They all are part of the same body. And the physical heart experiences the effects of emotions through neural, hormonal, and biochemical pathways that influence its health and its functioning over time. So when we experience emotions like love and compassion or even sadness, our brain is sending signals to the heart through the autonomic nervous system. So for example, feelings of love and compassion can activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is like our rest and digest state of our nervous system. And that leads our heart to have a decreased heart rate and a sense of calmness and relaxation. But when we have emotions like fear and anxiety, it activates the sympathetic nervous system, which is like our um, fight or flight Uh, response of our nervous system. And this causes our heart to beat faster and blood pressure to rise in preparation for that fight or flight response. And we can feel that, right? 
we feel it emotionally, but we physically feel it in our chest. And over time, chronic stress, unresolved emotions, and traumatic experiences can have a cumulative effect on the physical heart. And research suggests that emotions directly impact the functionality of the heart muscle cells and the electrical signals that regulate heart rhythm, which I think is so fascinating. So it makes sense that these heart opening and emotional heart supporting herbs would impact the physical heart as well. So there's this concept in herbalism called the doctrine of signatures, and I just find this so poetic. It states that the nature or that nature provides clues or signatures to humans about the potential uses of plants for healing purposes. So this is going to be plants exhibiting physical characteristics like color or shape, texture, growth habits that correspond to the organs or bodily systems that they're believed to benefit. For example, we always think of like walnuts are supportive to the brain because they are brain shaped. Um, signatures for the heart and circulatory system include plants with heart-shaped leaves or flowers like hawthorn, which is we'll talk about today as beneficial for heart health. Red-colored plants like fruits or flowers or roots that have a red color have been associated with blood and circulation. So raspberries, strawberries, red-rooted vegetables like beets and herbs like hibiscus and red clover are all heart-supportive. Vascular-like plants, so plants that have an intricate vascular pattern in their leaves or their stems, can have support have support for the venous system. So ginkgo biloba leaves have a distinctive vein pattern and they're traditionally used to improve circulation. Thorny or spiky plants. So these ones can be associated with stimulating circulation or breaking up stagnation. And I'll talk today about how it's also like an armor for the plant and then also for us emotionally and energetically. So plants that can have thorns or spikes are hawthorn or rose. Um, I won't talk about nettle today, but nettle is definitely emotionally very protective with its um, stinging. With it. It's not really a thorn. It's actually a chemical that creates that sting, but same concept. Um, and then plants that grow near water. So many traditional herbalists believe that plants that grow near water have connection to fluid balance and circulation. So plants like watercress or water lilies. And because I'm an aesthetician, I would be remiss to not cover how circulatory plants support skin health. So we have increased blood flow. Blood carries the nutrients that our skin cells need in order to thrive. It's like their food, basically. And blood carries this to the skin um, through diffusion. Enhanced nutrient delivery 
generally um, heart supportive plants are going to have anti-inflammatory effects and every skin condition basically is going to have some type of an inflammatory response to it. So acne, eczema, uh, perioral dermatitis, even hyperpigmentation has an inflammatory component to it. It happens because there's inflammation in the skin. So anytime we can reduce inflammation in our body, we're going to, by proxy, help to reduce these inflammatory skin conditions. Circulatory plants often contain antioxidants, and this will help to protect skin cells from um, oxidative damage caused by free radicals. So this is basically environmental damage. Antioxidants will help to offset that. And then my favorite is wound healing. So certain circulatory plants have wound healing properties and acne is a wound, dermatitis is a wound, Um, rosacea can benefit from wound healing uh, properties. All of this is really just to support the integrity of our skin's barrier and its ability to knit back together when it is compromised. So I have put together, let's see here, eight herbs that I want to talk about today. And these are all heart medicine. They all are heart openers and they all are supportive to the physical heart as well. The first one is rose and really there's three rosaceae. So that's the rose plant family. There's three rosaceae plants. Um, But often most rose family plants are going to also be heart opening and heart supportive. Um, Rose has heart-shaped petals. That's its signature. Um, The heart-shaped appearance has led historically to the belief that roses are beneficial to heart health and emotional well-being. And Rose is beautiful because it has what are called tannins, which perform an astringent or um, a property that helps to tighten tissue. And tannins can be found in tea, in wine. Um, Tannins are knitting everything very close to each other. And for the heart, this emotionally can be like pulling yourself back together after you've fallen apart. Um, Rose family plants, including rose, are rich in what are called flavonoids, which are antioxidants that are cooling and anti-inflammatory. They are a tonic medicine for healthy hearts Flavonoids decrease incidence of heart disease, heart attack, and stroke. And brightly colored berries are high in flavonoids, but as well, you can see this in hawthorn and in wild cherry bark, which I will be talking about next, um, but also in both rose petals and rose hips. Rose hips are the fruit of the rose plant. Um, So plants produce flavonoids when they're under stress, giving them resiliency, offering protection. And consumption of this 
does lead to significantly lower levels of heart disease and stroke. And you can think of it metaphorically as well. They are going to do the same thing. The, the same thing in our body, produce resiliency against stress. And as I said before, a signature of rose family plants, including rose itself, is that it's armed with thorns or prickles. Thorns create protection, which can deter predators or unwanted intruders. And when applied to the concept of our heart health or our emotional well-being, This can be like a symbolic protection for our heart. Just as thorns guard the plant from harm, the emotional symbolism of thorned plants suggests that they offer an emotional protection or resiliency for our heart. And it can also be like the, the idea of creating boundaries or guarding our heart against emotional harm. It's important to be open-hearted in the world, but it's also important to have discernment with being open-hearted. And so rose family plants, including rose, can really help us to establish these boundaries around our heart. So that's rose. And as I said, um, we can interact with rose petals. We can interact with rose hips. Um, These can both be interacted with as a tea, like I'm drinking today. Definitely make sure you are conservative with rose petals in your tea because it can quickly um, start to taste like perfume or like potpourri. So that's really just uh, something to add as like a flavor note, um, but not be the base of your tea. Um, you can also utilize rose hip in a, a tincture form. And then topically on the skin, rose petals and rose hips are both beautiful. Um, rose petal can be utilized in a um, infused oil. It can be utilized in a hydrosol, which is a steam distillation of the plant. Um, And then rosehip seed is a beautiful oil for the skin as well. So moving on to hawthorn, I absolutely love the herbal folklore and hawthorn is rich with it. Druids believed that hawthorn trees housed fairies and the hawthorn's white flowers, um, which you can see in the springtime, were seen as portals through which fairies would enter and exit the human world. And hawthorn trees were often associated with love and fertility. It was customary for young couples to court beneath the branches of hawthorn trees because they were seen as symbols of protection and blessings for marriage and family life. This belief reflects the deep reverence and spiritual connection that ancient people ancient people felt towards the natural world and I just think that's so beautiful. They were the hawthorn trees were regarded as sacred guardians of the land serving as a bridge between the human realm and the realm of the divine. Hawthorn has many beneficial um properties for the heart, which, as I said, 
in my Rose family discussion how beautiful it is, but it's also known as a protector for the heart. Um, It is a tonic that improves heart function, and it's also what's known as a vasodilator, meaning that it dilates blood vessels, lowering blood pressure and improving the flow of oxygen and nutrients and hormones and other chemicals throughout the body. The next plant is wild cherry bark. This wild cherry tree bark was first used by indigenous and First Nations peoples and was later adopted into traditional folk herbalism. Iroquois have employed it for coughs and colds and fevers, headaches, bronchitis, lung inflammation, sore throats, um, blood purification, and Cherokee have also used it for coughs colds, fevers, indigestion to ease labor pains and as a a blood tonic. Topically, First Nations people utilized wild cherry bark as an astringent wash for sores and ulcers. And I've seen firsthand in my life wild cherry bark being used as an ally or being beneficial, I should say, as an ally for respiratory health. The first time I got COVID, I was kind of excited for the cough that I had because I now could firsthand see how wild cherry tincture, wild cherry bark tincture could help with this. And I was blown away. I had never used a plant in this way. I had always relied on traditional cough syrup. And I will always keep this on hand for if I get a cough. Um, This can be used as a syrup or a tincture um, or a decoction or an overnight cold infusion. Um, I personally like it best as a tincture. I don't love the taste of it. It is quite bitter, which is great. And bitters have their um, place, but when I'm sick, I just kind of want things to be pleasant. And so the tincture felt better for me and my body. Um, I did make cough drops with it by making a syrup. And then I added in, I can't remember everything I did, but I um, basically added, made it into a candy. It was a huge failure and they were kind of just like little balls of mush, but it did work and it was really useful and I liked having them on hand. But for me personally, the tincture is best. You can purchase that tincture on Mountain Rose Herbs or you can make the tincture yourself by um, checking out those two books that I, I recommended earlier. Um, But it makes so much sense that a respiratory ally would be also supportive to the heart. Wild cherry bark is a rose family plant, and so it has all of those benefits that I talked about before with rosaceae. Um, But our heart chakra is positioned right there with our lungs. And additionally, in traditional Chinese medicine, our lungs are a organ that is an organ of grief and it holds on to grief. And so by supporting our physical lungs, we can help to release the grief that they are holding on to. Number four is Damiana. 
Damiana is so good. I love the taste of it. It's quite floral. So again, you want to make sure that you're not adding so much that that floral taste overpowers the rest of your formulation. But Damiana is worked with in traditional Mexican medicine as a heart opener, a mood lifter, and as anxiety support. You can find um, there's a Damiana infused tequila that's very commonly worked with, um, and that tastes quite tasty as well. Um, but I primarily work with it as a tea. It is a mild aphrodisiac. It works to get blood flow moving in the pelvic uh, floor. And Damiana supports heart health through its ability to promote relaxation and reduce stress and then also improve that physical circulation. When it's calming our nervous system and reducing anxiety, it indirectly supports our cardiovascular health by lowering our blood pressure, of course, and reducing the risk of heart-related conditions that we see associated with chronic stress. Um, Damiana is a little bit different. This is not a red-colored plant. It doesn't have thorns and its signature, I think, is its yellow flowers. It has these cute, beautiful little yellow flowers that are associated with joy and warmth and positivity. It's similar to um, St. John's Wort, which is really popular for depression and mood boosting. St. John's Wort also has these really cute, bright yellow, sunshiny flowers that um, signify its ability to boost our mood. Um, St. John's Wort has a lot of contraindications. Basically, if you're on any medication, St. John's Wort isn't a good plant for you, and Damiana may be a better consideration for your body. Number five is cacao. In Mesoamerican cultures, cacao is and was seen as food of the gods. It's often consumed in a bitter ceremonial beverage, so not modern, highly processed chocolate, but the cacao nibs roasted, or the cacao beans roasted and grinded, and then mixing that with water and spices or honey, um, sometimes chili. I personally love to purchase ceremonial cacao um, to drink in the morning or before bed. And my favorite company to purchase this from is called Aura Cacao. This is not a sponsorship. I just love them. Um, cacao is believed to facilitate spiritual awakening and heart-centered healing and deep inner transformation. In its raw and minimally processed form, it does offer so many benefits for the heart and the vascular system. It's highly antioxidant. It improves blood flow. It has those flavonoids that I talked about, the rose family being so rich in. And uh, cacao promotes the production of nitric oxide. Nitric oxide was discovered in the 90s. And at that time, it was um, the people who discovered it actually got the Nobel Prize. It was named the miracle molecule. And 
nitric oxide is so cool because it dilates blood vessels that is going to improve blood flow and circulation. And this vasodilatory effect can help to lower blood pressure and reduce the risk of hypertension and related cardiovascular conditions like blood clots. And it also helps to strengthen venous tissue. Next, number six out of eight is linden. Linden is the sweetest plant. It's one that I don't want to live in a world without. Most likely, if you've been in a city in your life, you've seen linden. Linden is often planted in cities because of its ability to offset pollution. Um, obviously, when you purchase linden for consumption, it's not going to be these highly polluted city trees. Um, but linden has heart flowers, and I think of linden as an actual hug in a mug. I think this is such a beautiful herb to introduce yourself into the world of herbal medicine because it's so gentle and sweet, but at the same time, it's so powerful. It will help to alleviate my anxiety so quickly, to calm me, to boost my mood. Um, it's one that I reach for often. It induces feelings of joy and happiness, and linden is rich in a compound called quercetin, um, which reduces inflammation, especially in the heart and cardiovascular system. Number seven out of eight is Tulsi. This is an Ayurvedic herb known as holy basil, and this is such a beautiful adaptogenic plant. An adaptogen, which we often hear about adaptogens like the ones that increase energy. And Tulsi isn't really a like a buzzy kind of adaptogen. Adaptogen just means that it helps our body to uh, have resiliency against stress. And sometimes it's good to mitigate the stress or to... Um, remove stress in our lives, but it's obviously impossible to remove all stress in our life, nor would I think we would want to remove all stress in our life. Stress has its time and its place and it has many benefits, but we need to be able to be resilient against stress. And this is what adaptogens do for us, both physically and emotionally. And Tulsi or holy basil helps to reduce stress. It helps to reduce physical stress of eating sugar, for example, because it's a blood sugar regulator. Um, it is believed to uh, awaken the heart chakra and foster feelings of love, compassion, and spiritual growth, especially its aromatic fragrance. Um, holy basil smells like Christmas and it just immediately is heart uplifting. In Hindu culture, Tulsi is considered sacred and the queen of the herbs for this reason. And our final herb that I want to talk about today, our final heart opening herb is motherwort. The Latin name for motherwort translates to lion hearted. 
energetically and emotionally. It calms the heart and it's very nurturing and grounding. This is a plant that has been traditionally used for mothers who are, um, their kids are driving them crazy or they're just overwhelmed, they're overstimulated, they're overtaxed. Motherwort is a very nurturing herb for these situations, but it's also very nurturing for people who miss their mother, who need that nurturing, who need a mothering presence in their life. Motherwort is a beautiful tonic for this. It has a tonic effect on the cardiovascular system, helping to regulate heart rhythm and circulation. And I will note that motherwort is quite bitter. It's a mint family plant, but it doesn't taste um, minty like peppermint or spearmint do. It's actually very bitter. And so it's preferable to consume motherwort in tincture form. And again, you can purchase this tincture. Another lovely source for purchasing tincture is Herb Farm with a PH, um, P-H-A-R-M, um, Gaia. Um, these are both beautiful. I have, I always forget the name. Oh, there's a local company. I had to grab it off my desk um, called Wish Gardens, which also makes really lovely tinctures and products as well. So they're local here in Denver. Um, but yeah, I think that these are all wonderful ways to procure your tincture if you're not in the place yet to start making it. And I hope that these have all given you some ideas of where you can reach the next time you need a little bit of heart opening and know that you have allies there and that they are here and wanting to work with you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you for your patience as um, this is episode number two. And so podcasting is still new for me. We're still getting to the point where it feels totally natural. I can't wait to have you back again next week. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you.